Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Wrestling vs. the World podcast. If you're enjoying your day, sweet, if not, what the hell ever. Folks, it is finally time to get to one. I kept debating on doing this for a reason. You all will understand as I get to the end. But it's time to cover Season 2 of Brooke Knows Best. The second and final season, because the show will get canceled after this. So, let's break down what happened. First episode called State of the Hogans. Where it, I don't know how long it's been. It's probably like early 2009, because I know June to October 2009 is when they aired the season. They're, Ashley and Glenn are watching TV, and they're talking about the Hogan divorce again, which they talk about too much throughout this spinoff series. And on this show called Showbiz Night, they show a piece of Hulk talking, like speaking out about Linda dating a 19-year-old. There was like a 30-year age difference, I think, there between Linda and her boyfriend, Charlie. And at that time, Brooke hadn't talked to her mom in like six months Due to this dating decision, like, she was just not happy about this, so... Been a while since they've talked. Because, at that point, the guy that Linda was dating was around the same age as both Nick and Brooke. Give or take a year or two in either direction for either of them. And then, Brooke hadn't seen Hulk in a while, because, after all, this is the new season. Decides to go visit him, and wants to finally meet his girlfriend, Jennifer, who would later become his wife. You may have seen her in the... Finding Hulk Hogan documentary, he actually got divorced from her a few months back, so you've probably seen her if you've seen some media involving Hulk. So, Brooke arrives to the beach house, which is now listed as Hulk's house that he's residing in, while Linda is taking the original house that he saw from Hogan Knows Best, not the gigantic one from Season 3, the original one. So, Brooke's there at the beach house, and they find herself and Hulk find some things around the house, like pictures and all that stuff, which... It's just getting depressing, and Hulk actually has a photo that he had in his gym of himself, I think from one of the Rocky movies, when he was Thunderlips. And it's like, yeah, this was in my gym, and I also have a handwritten letter from Nick that he's got hung up with Nick wrote for him like on his third day in jail while being in solitary confinement. And at this point in the episode, or when this episode was filmed, Nick was finally out of jail, and he went to L.A. to go get a fresh start in his life, so... That's a good thing, and we'll see Nick eventually throughout the series, even though it's only for one episode. And Brooke just feels like she can't be in her mom's life due to Charlie being around, due to the big age difference, because, like I said, Charlie's pretty much Nick's age, being 19. Just like, your mom's dating somebody who's the same age as her children. Weird. And Hulk, like, is getting ready to have Brooke meet Jennifer and saying that, oh, she's so positive, he's happy and everything. It's like, it's great to see Hulk happy, and he really wants Brooke to meet her. Well, you also show footage of Linda with a friend of hers, like, inside the kitchen, inside the original house, and is confiding in her friend that she doesn't see an issue with the age, so about, like, maturity and everything like that. And Brooke later on attends dinner with Hulk and talks with Jennifer, and things get awkward when Hulk walks away because they don't know what to talk about. So it's like, eh, 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 eh. But they actually start to connect because when they get back to the beach house, Brooke and Jennifer are strolling by the beach, and they start talking, get to know each other. And how that Hulk and Jennifer actually met at an organic food store. And that's where things started to kick off and eventually slowly blossomed into a romantic relationship. And then Brooke is like, how, like, what's your future with him? And she says, in terms of children, Jennifer doesn't want any. And they never had any. And she has no problem getting married to Hulk, but he has to get divorced first. And eventually he does. So then the following day, Glenn and Ashley come to visit the beach house to see Hulk and meet Jennifer for the first time. And they actually get on a boat which is far smaller than expected because Hulk had to, I don't know, liquidate or whatever the proper term would be involving his possessions because of the divorce. They go in a small boat. They go near the house. But it takes a while because Hulk's struggling to even drive the damn thing because, like, kicking up sand and mud or whatever the hell. Everybody's cracking up like, come on, Hulk, learn how to drive. 
Well, then they can't get to the house, but Hulk's looking at the house and he's pissed off that he destroyed his body for 30 years to build that house, only to have a 19-year-old be living in there, which I gotta agree is rather bullshit because of the whole circumstances. And during this time, you, they show footage of Linda having a phone call with Charlie, who's, like, completely away. He never makes an on-screen appearance. Like, you see photos of him, but he never appears in an episode of the show, so thank fuck for that. And Brooke is heartbroken because they can't pull up to the house to pet the dogs, because Hulk says Linda will have him put in jail if he gets near the residence because of all this, or even gets near her. Because I think at one point they said during one of the Each for Hollywood Story documentaries happened after the divorce that Hulk was getting uh, called up by the police because Linda claimed that Hulk was stalking her. It's like, oh my god, he's following me, he's stalking me and all that shit, so that probably has a thing to do with that. So later on, Brooke and Hulk have dinner, just the two of them. They acknowledge that, hey, there are two missing chairs here. Feels incomplete without Nick and Linda there and everything like that because the family's broken up. And the subject of the divorce comes up again, and Hulk's getting emotional because of how the prayer year had been being crazy i mean it's hard like seeing a divorce happen like that and seeing broke or hope break down like that and then at the episode ends linda calls the penthouse like the apartment that the trio brooke ashley and glenn are living in and talks on the phone she wants to patch things up with brooke and saying how it's retarded that this whole thing about charlie is breaking up their relationship but brooke insists that she just needs to be given her time until she's ready to talk things out and they'll They'll touch back on this in a later episode. But, I mean, this has become an annoyance with the seat, with the series. It's just a constant reminder saying, hey, Hulk and Linda are divorced. There's the divorce. How are things, how are they handling the divorce? It's like, you saw Hogan knows best. They had a big focus on Brooke's music career, which they barely touch on in this series. And now the theme within Brooke knows best is, instead of just focusing on Brooke's independence, they keep bringing up the divorce, the divorce, the divorce. Family's broken up. It's like, good God. Second episode, I Kissed a Girl. And no, get that. please don't get that song stuck in my head involving Katy Perry, I beg you. So, everybody gets onto the roof and talk to Glenn, and Glenn reveals that his most recent blind date was pretty bad, and he's just completely distraught that he's just having this string of bad luck in terms of dating. Brooke makes a suggestion, why don't you try dating women again on the off chance you might have some straight in you? And Glenn's just like, what? Like, he knows who he is. Okay, he knows he's gay. He can fight it with your father saying on a scale of 1 to 10 in terms of like his homosexuality level there. He's a 10. There's no chance of him being attracted to a woman again. But he agrees to date a woman only if Brooke does so. And she says she'll do so if Ashley does. So they all agree to date a woman. And they have two rules involving all this. One, no letting the date know about your sexuality so Glenn can't let his date know that he's gay. And Brooke and Ashley can't let their dates know that they're straight. And there must be a kiss, which Brooke is just like, well, what? And she eventually reluctantly agrees to. So Brooke and Ashley go to their local crunch gym. They try finding a date, and they find one pretty quickly. Cute girl that they found there, who's kind of skeptical at first because she had no experience with a blind date before. And don't worry, I don't allow that either. And Glenn has dates set for Brooke and Ashley, but he just flat out refuses to tell them, like, their dates or anything. So you'll see them coming up. Well, after the break, Hulk... Gives a call to Brooke, and Glenn kind of spills pretty loudly over the phone that Brooke's got a date, but Brooke's trying to downplay it, saying that, no, it's not a date, it's just friends hanging out, and she won't go into detail, so she doesn't want Hulk to know. Screw that. So everybody gets dressed up, and they're critiquing Ashley, or Brooke's outfit, and she claims, she's like, what, I look pretty hot for a lesbian, thank you very much, because she's got this weird hat on, and almost like camo top and all that. Then she tries to go for the sexy, lacy type of, like, dress, 
But that eventually gets changed too. And then Brooke is critiquing Glenn's hairstyle because it's like, oh, you got all frosted tips. So it's trying to kind of look like Michael Cole there. <laughs> and tries grooming his hair, being like, no, you're going to look, you're going to give away the fact that you're gay with this hairstyle. Like, come on. So the dates come along. Ashley gets set up with a woman from Puerto Rico. We find out Ashley's part Puerto Rican, so that works. And nerves really start kicking in for Brooke before her date arrives. She's like, oh my god, I'm nervous, I'm hyperventilating. So along comes her date, and her date advises saying, hey, Brooke, you might want to change something more casual because you're going to be riding on my motorcycle. So she changes into what's pretty much a yellow tank top and jeans. Then presses her date. Her date's like, ooh, hot. All right. And Glenn goes on his date with the woman that Ashley and Brooke found at the gym and everything. And I still say her his date is good looking. And when they get to the the... Uh, the restaurant Glenn's trying to avoid giving any alerts that he's gay seeing like oh they have good apple martinis here or so I've heard it's like I'm a beer guy I want a like ultra light or something like that so he wants a beer because he's a beer guy and he does hunting and everything and the woman notes that she doesn't know that many guys from Michigan that dye their hair okay you probably don't know that many guys from this state in the first place up yours lady so Brooke is taken to a club of dancers by her date, and her date reveals that she's a DJ, while Brooke reveals that she's a singer. Doesn't really talk, bring into detail about her music, and the waiter at their <laughs> that waits on them confuses Brooke's date as a man because of the short haircut, and doesn't realize that she's got breasts because of her top. Yeah, awkward moment there. Ashley then goes on her date, and a guy comes to the table, and he's trying to make a move on both Ashley and her date, and Ashley... Today pretty much tells the guy to fuck off. It's like, get out of here, please. Get fuck off. <laughs> so, kind of weird. And conversations are going weirdly as we get back to Glenn and his date. And the woman reveals that, oh, she likes it rough. I'm like, okay. Nice bit of information there. Because Glenn can't really give any information in terms of what he likes in a woman. Because he hasn't been with one in a long time. And they also, like, he also goes by the rules and kisses her before they even get into the car to drive off the premises of the restaurant. So... Glenn follows the rules. Brooke's date, before they even leave, the restaurant asks Brooke's dating experience, saying that her last relationship was with a guy, and that and she doesn't do too badly, giving her impromptu answers, saying that she thinks it would be nice to date a woman because she's had bad luck with men, so it's like, okay, that's understandable. Brooke gets home, and she pass, as Brooke and her date arrive home, they pass by Ashley and her date making out, which Ashley seemed <laughs> to do, which was pretty funny there. And then... Brooke gets escorted up to her door with her date, and her date completely makes out with her. Glenn and Ashley are watching there, just cracking up, just watching this whole scene. And Brooke's on the floor, she's like, oh my god, I kissed a girl. So then they all agree that saying, hey, their dates were great, but they just didn't feel attracted to the person they're with. Glenn knows for sure that, from his experience, he's not into women, and neither Ashley or Brooke are into women either. So they know who they are, experiments done, whatever. But seriously, never question a man's sexuality. If he knows who he's into and attracted to, there's no reason to try to change that or to try to cast any doubt. Accept him for who he is. That's simple. Episode 3, Creepy Cruise. Oh, this was an awkward episode. So Glenn and Ashley are at a club, and they don't have Brooke there because she's busy working, and a guy sends a bottle of champagne to them and everything, and the guy comes over and invites both Ashley and Brooke to join a yacht, like for a few hours, kind of a party, and offers him 20 thousand dollars to attend they don't want glenn it's just women because party hey woohoo so brooke agrees because hey 20 grand is pretty cool and when they get into the yacht 
Like, they can't have their heels on, so they have to walk in there without them. And they're giving the $20,000 in cash out of a manila envelope. Okay. Kind of awkward and a little sketchy. So they go upstairs for the party that's going on. It's got, like, two guys and a handful of women, at least six of them, not including Brooke and Ashley. And things are just getting awkward because the guy is grinding up on Ashley from behind the one that invited them to the party. And Ashley isn't happy about it. There's whipped cream being sprayed all over the place, body oil, like, uncomfortable lifting and spanking and all that shit. And the girls have just decided, you know what, we don't want to do this. So once they stop the boat at the Bahamas, which is like several hours away on a boat, they give the money back to the guys and just walk away. They decide we got to find our other way from getting home because we cannot be on this yacht again because it's going to take several hours. So they venture around the island, which has like no taxis because it's like a small island, so everything, you can just walk everywhere or maybe ride a bike. They had to walk five to six miles after going to a deli to get to a boat to find a guy who agreed to charter them back home to Miami. And unfortunately, he can't get close to the beach because of like certain restrictions. So they had to wear those life preservers around their necks. You know, the ones that the Hogan family wore when they were on that cruise, kind of like for emergency evacuation drill practices. And had to keep trying to hold their bags above their heads above water because they had to completely swim to shore like that. Yeah, they weren't happy about that. Fun cruise there. Episode 4. My mother's with another. Oh, this is the last time we see Linda. And the only time we see Nick. So right off the bat, everybody is chatting in the kitchen. And Nick arrives for his only appearance in the series. First time he has been seen on a Hogan-esque reality show since the final episode of Hogan Knows Best. We have not seen him at all during Brooke Knows Best. Not even an audio cameo appearance. So Nick discusses his time in jail and reveal how difficult it was being in solitary confinement. Because he was stuck there for four weeks due to all the different issues that were going on there during his time and that unfortunately if pe there were people that wanted to kick his ass but he could not fight back because normally when people go through probation it happens once they get out of jail but the problem is with Nick his probation period started as he happened in jail so if he got into a fight while in jail they would have added a battery charge in there and would have extended his sentence so he couldn't fight to defend himself even if he wanted to or else he would have gotten punished but it made him more appreciative of things in life like sunsets and his whole religious outlook and everything, and even started doing charity work since he got out, so that's good. Nick and Brooke go out to lunch, they start talking, and once again, the subject of the divorce comes up, and Brooke is still not able to accept her mom's relationship because of the whole age and everything. So Nick, on his own, goes to Clearwater, sees his mom, and she asks about Brooke, saying, like, oh, Brooke misses you and loves you, and Linda can understand the discomfort, because, like, the age difference is pretty big. But it should not be something that divides their mother-daughter relationship, which I can agree to. I mean, it's understandable, but we'll get, we'll get more into this in just a bit. So Nick, when he's there at the house, he calls up Brooke and offers Brooke a chance to come and hang out because Charlie's not going to be there. He's out on the East Coast somewhere busy doing other shit, like, I think, like, something with a fire academy or something. So... Charlie's not going to be there. It won't have to be an encounter. But Brooke is not exactly on board with the idea. She'll come to Clearwater... But she's not on board with coming to see her mom. Well, Glenn tells Brooke, like, hey, you say you're an adult and everything like that. Prove it by walking up to that door and talking things out with your mom. But Brooke just, she just can't. She, like, she can't go into a house and see her dad's gym one place and then see Charlie's, like, board shorts in the master bedroom. Like, she's just so uneasy about just seeing this. Like, it's hard for her to wrap her head around and have the guts to confront her mom. Well, the trail comes up to Clearwater, and both Nick and Linda go through, like, old photo albums and everything like that. Because, like, 
Brooke is at the beach house, so Lynn and Ashley started visiting her. Nick and Brooke are, or sorry, Nick and Linda are just going through the photo albums of past photos of Brooke. And once Glenn and Ashley get there, they're like, hey, Brooke, you ready? But Brooke's just like, I'm not going. She's like, she just can't. Like, too much emotions are kicking in. It feels like like her mom kept teaching her like these different core values in life. It feels like her mom is just like going against her own rules. Feeling like growing up, she nothing that she did made her mom accept her. Like, no matter how hard she worked, yet she ex her mom expects her to accept her for her life decisions. So she feels like it's kind of hypocritical. Mom doesn't accept her for what she does, but she has to accept her mom. It's like, it feels completely ass-backwards. So she feels like she just... She won't... Feels like she won't be able to reconcile with her mom until Charlie's completely out of the picture. Because that's the only way. Because that's, like, a big factor in her decision and everything. So Glenn and Ashley go to the house without Brooke, and Linda just has a complete emotional breakdown because she's just tired of her relationship being held against her. Like, she didn't care about the age. All she cared about was finding somebody because she did not feel happy because she felt alone all the time because being with Charlie like helped her get through the rough times with the family breaking apart because of Nick's arrest and the divorce made her feel like she had something to keep going forward for in life which is like I can understand that like with the lonely feeling but again I think the thing that would have probably helped more is if she found a man that was closer to her age you know but Glenn believes that Brooke is feeling this the way she's feeling is because like I was just touching on a bit earlier, Linda taught core values when Brooke was growing up about what things are acceptable and not acceptable to do in life. But then Linda completely goes in the opposite of that. Like Linda suddenly feeling like she wants to party and being with, kind of have that cougar type of lifestyle there. But it's just like that's not the type of stuff you taught Brooke as being acceptable growing up. And then Linda, like I said, confides with Glenn and Ashley that Charlie has given her a reason to keep going during time when everything was dark with Brooke moving out and Nick in jail and Hulk suddenly having Jennifer. So it's like it gave her a Charlie became her confidant and date or boyfriend and everything. So she doesn't feel alone anymore. Well, Glenn and Ashley are done comforting Linda and Hulk is having a sit down talk with Brooke in the beach house calms her down during this emotional time and Nick even comes over right as the episode ends and he's understanding that Brooke is just not ready to talk things out with her mom so he's become more neutral and just a peacemaker like at first he's saying come see her but then after talking with Brooke he's like okay just take your time you'll do it when you're ready but unfortunately I don't know if they ever truly made up because the series ends before anything can happen now episode 5 Brooke's new ball oh boy another episode where Brooke has got a man crush good god how many episodes have they done of this subject? So, right off the bat, Brooke... I'm saying right off the bat a lot. At the beginning of the episode, Brooke gets a phone call about a collaboration opportunity with this guy called Colby O'Donis, who I've never heard of before. So, they're in the studio. They do some vocal rehearsals because they're going to do a collaboration on a song that Brooke made. Hulk's there, and as per usual, he's not happy to see Brooke around a guy. Kind of like a typical rehashing like we keep seeing. And Colby and Hulk start trying to outdo each other on the guitar because... Hulk's had guitar experience, and Colby's playing the guitar. Like, I think the one of the producers said he's like a Latino Elvis Presley or something, which is kind of an insult to give to Elvis there. But Colby and Brooke, they go out to dinner bond while Ashley and Glenn are hanging out with Hulk, and they're like, hey, Hulk, you should try putting on some facial masking. As a thing we do here, it's like, Hulk's like, nah, you ain't putting that shit on my face. Well, Brooke and Colby afterwards decide to go intertubing to bond on the lake, and while they're off intertubing everything... 
Ashley Glenn and Hulk are on the roof trying to tan. And Hulk walks away from both Ashley and Glenn because Glenn decides, hey, I'm going to tan naked because I don't like tan lines. Hulk is just like, no, nah, do that without me. Walks away. Well, Brooke and Colby are having fun, and a mishap happens when Brooke's bottom on her swimsuit just disappears. It's like, oh my god, I lost my bottoms, and she can't find it. It's just like, ugh. You gotta love those wardrobe malfunctions, folks. And they end up actually kissing on the back of the boat after Colby is just freestyling on the guitar, singing lyrics and everything, so see a spark coming on there. But because of this, they end up running late for having to be there at the studio for recordings. So Hulk and everybody's not happy because it's like, yo, time is money, motherfuckers. Well, they get back to the penthouse. Everybody's together having dinner and everything. And Hulk is, of course, concerned about things happening between Colby and Brooke. He's like, Hulk's always concerned no matter who Brooke is linked with. Like, good God, Hulk. But unfortunately, bad news breaks because while everybody's dining together at the penthouse, they learn that Colby's going to be away for several months because of a tour. And because of that, they can't date. And it, it's hard on both of them because they feel like they connected because Brooke feels like a rare, real person in the music industry, and she feels like she's bonded well with Colby. Just like unfortunate timing there. Episode 6 now. Hogan's in space. So Brooke and Ashley are catching a glimpse of photos of a guy that Glenn is seeing named Daniel, and at that same time, Hulk calls up Brooke and saying that, hey, I've got an opportunity to do like this astronaut training program thing for the fun of it with NASA and he decides to invite his girlfriend Jennifer as well as Ashley Brooke and Clem and they're like okay we're on board so this guy named astronaut Bob is hosting the event for all of them he gives them NASA suits with patches that says their names like Hogan and all that shit and everybody's preparing for the adventure and getting the suits on and all that stuff well they all take part in this training program and they got three different like uh sections and everything one of them is like a moonwalking simulator so, like, they're attached to this, like, jumpsuit of sorts and with bungee cords up top that's going to make it feel like they're bouncing and all that shit. You got another one that I think is called a multi-axis simulator. So, it's like they're strapped into this machine and they're, like, spinning in all different directions, like, which is going to make you feel motion sick if you're inside of there. And the other one is a dual simulation thing where one team is going to be inside of a shuttle and the other is going to be part of mission control. So, kind of like trying to maneuver a shuttle into landing and all that stuff well hulk when they're doing the moonwalking simulation between himself brooke and glenn hulk is the only one not moonwalking like he's grounded to earth and like waddling almost like a child like waddling around in their diaper it's like oh like walking around having to pick up balls and put them in waste baskets and everything so gravity's got hulk down he if put him on the moon he ain't gonna be bouncing anywhere they get to the multi-axis simulator like the whole spinning shit Ashley feels queasy, but Glenn is having the time of his life just being like, woo, going all different directions. So I guess that means he's got the stomach to not feel queasy and all that. So then afterwards, they're taking a bit of a break. They're having lunch and everything. And they're talking about relationship expectations, like what Glenn is comfortable with in his relationship and what Jennifer is comfortable with with Hulk, like with sex before marriage and all that stuff. And then that's when Bob brings them astronaut food and water. But then Brooke isn't exactly happy when Bob lets her know that, hey, the water that you drink is recycled from, like, past, like, perspiration and urine. Brooke's just like, oh, so I'm drinking recycled piss. So that makes it sick. Well, then they finally get to the final part. They got the mock-up shuttle and missions. They got teams. So Jennifer is in mission control the whole time because there's five of them. Glenn and Hulk are in one team. And Ashley and Brooke are in the other. And 
Glenn is just constantly getting sidetracked because his boyfriend, Daniel, is constantly calling and texting all that stuff during this entire adventure. And Hulk's pissed off because due to the calls and the distractions, they crash the shuttle. And Brooke and Ashley are just like, oh, you guys suck. They switch teams. Oh, and almost forgot. when Before the shuttle launched, when they were doing it, because when Nick, or sorry, when Glenn and Hulk were in the shuttle, Brooke is trying to count backwards from 10. She can't fucking do it, and she adds a, throws in a shit while trying to count. It's like, Brooke, you can't count. Come on. Well, then they switch, like, places and everything. And the girls, of course, are more successful. They land the shuttle and everything, so the girls win the whole competition. Well, then you get to the final part of the episode. Everybody's riding home, and both Ashley and Brooke want to meet Glenn's boyfriend, Daniel. And he is, like, skeptical because, like, he doesn't want everybody drilling his boyfriend and giving hard questions because we've seen Hulk do that all the time. But they get to the penthouse. Daniel comes over. They talk about his many career accomplishments, and they just want to make sure that he's a good guy and make sure that he's not fooling around with anybody else. But Hulk threatens saying he will unleash his gay wrestler friends to go on Dan to beat up Daniel if they have to, but... I have a question there, Hulk. How many close gay wrestler friends do you have you exactly had in the business? Like, I know there have been some gay wrestlers that were around back in the past. Like, I don't think you were around with Chris Canyon, like, being close to him, even though I know he was alive at this time. Uh, I don't think you were close to the Grand Wizard, or Terry Garvin, or uh, Pat Patterson. Well, you might have been close to Patterson, because Patterson being a producer back then. But I don't think you were—I don't know that many gay wrestlers that you were probably that close to in the business. Now, episode 7. Hometown Hero. This was a problem because the last three episodes that I got a handful of, uh, the person, whoever was recording these, were recording them straight from like the VH1 website, so there were a lot of frame rate and buffering issues going forward, but it's a hard thing to tough out. So with this episode, Glenn is getting invited to his hometown of Claire, Michigan, to give a speech about coming out of the closet. But he's feeling like... He's not going to be accepted when he goes there because of his parents. He's not sure how they're going to react, so his anxiety is acting up. And he wants to bring his boyfriend there, but he also wants to bring Ashley and Brooke to come see where he grew up and everything like that. So he, like, he's inviting everybody there to be kind of his support, his support system. So they make it to Claire, Michigan. They get Everybody gets a house tour of the house and everything like that and talk about how they got a farm there and they're milking cows and Brooke mentions her experience like oh I've milked cows before so a reference to when the Hogan family and Hogan Knows Best went to Wyoming and they're milking cows and all that shit and Glenn is still doing what he can to just not mention his lover to his parents no matter how many times Brooke is pushing him saying tell him about Daniel he's like he's not ready he doesn't know how his father's gonna react it's just like the anxiety is really kicking in well, later, the trio actually goes to dinner, to dinner together, and they meet up with Glenn's now ex-fiance, who was the only woman he ever had a deep past with, like, making out with and losing her virginity and everything like that. So they meet up together and everything, and everything seems nice. And she never knew why Glenn broke up with her, and he confides, saying that when they broke up, it was because he was having confusing thoughts about his sexuality, and she didn't really believe that he was really gay, but it's just like, no, he's gay. He's not into women. So it's like she just didn't really fully believe until it was said straight to her face. Like, come on, woman. So later on, the trio gets woken up by Glenn's dad to do chores in the beginning, like the following morning. So again, they're redoing some stuff from that Wyoming trip episode of Hogan Knows Best. It's like, wake up, we got chores to do. That's not a vacation. That's not a vacation. The only difference here with this compared to that episode of Hogan Knows Best is that you got two new things. One of them is our artificial insemination taking place for the cows. And they also actually help with the process of helping a cow give birth. 
which is kind of a little weird to see at first, but then you see how adorable the little calf is, so it's like, okay. And eventually, uh, Brooke and Ashley go, I think they go horseback riding or something with Glenn's dad, and Glenn has a sit-down talk with his mom, and he's talking about how he's just uneasy about introducing his boyfriend to his dad. But later, they start to do more chores, and his anxiety kicks in, and he finally tells his dad, saying, hey, his boyfriend's coming, which... At first, when you saw the look on his dad's face, his dad just kind of is taken aback. He's like, okay, so didn't seem like his dad was accepting of what was going on. But Daniel comes over, finally coming out of Miami, and meets the family. Not And, of course, Daniel's not fully prepared for the cold Michigan weather. He's like, oh, I had to buy gloves and everything because I wasn't used to this shit. Welcome to Michigan, dude. It's cold. And after talking to the family, everybody seems cool about Daniel being there, including his dad. So it's just like he was worried for nothing. But, I mean, you got to understand the anxiety. And they show Glenn gets to his old high school, Claire High School, and gives a speech and shows that some people are actually moved to tears because of the just emotion and how powerful his speech is about being true to yourself, don't live your life to please others, just because you're not going to be happy if you have to live a lie. And his parents even completely embrace him, saying, hey, great job, son, proud of you for the speech. Awesome. I mean, that's a pretty good message to give when you look at this episode. Be who you are. Even if anxiety is kicking in, you want to please others, just like, live your life for who you are. Don't try to make other people happy by living a lie. That's simple. Now, episode 8, Lost and Found. Right at the beginning, Ashley and Brooke. <laughs> I keep saying that at the beginning, but kind of how you segue into this. Ashley and Brooke bring home a dog that they find on the beach, but there's a problem. Glenn reminds them that their penthouse has rules saying pets are completely forbidden. But they decide, hey, we'll keep the dog here until we find the owner. So they start taking photos of the dog to make flyers saying found dog. But then they also take time to make goofy photos with like a handkerchief and a backdrop and sunglasses. They're like, hey, we're having fun with this while we can. Well, Brooke and Glenn start taking the dog for a walk while we're laying. And this dog is absolutely adorable. And that's saying something from a guy who's not a big dog person. And they have to call Hulk to say that Hulk wanted to go down and see them. But the problem is... They have a planned trip to go to Key West, and they need Hulk to watch the dog. And Hulk decides, okay, I will, as long as Nobbs can join me. And they name the dog Nemo. She's like, okay, Nobbs can be there to watch Nemo too, but just don't let Nobbs eat the dog. <laughs> like, good luck with that. So Hulk and Nobbs arrive to the penthouse, and their first concerns right away when everybody leaves is, oh, where's the beer at? And Nemo is completely obeying Hulk with all his commands, because Hulk's more of a dog person, but this dog does not like Nobbs at all. Which is absolutely hilarious. So on the trip, like to Key West, the trio's playing Never Have I Ever. And because of that game, you find out that both Ashley and Brooke have spotted their own parents having sex because of a mention in the episode. It's like, uh, lovely. Well, later, Nobbs and Hulk decide we got to take this dog out for a walk. But to cover up the glittery green leash, they start covering up with duct tape. And they have to bring Nemo in a bag in order to sneak him out of the building. So they take him out for a walk, and a couple of guys have a talk with Hulk and Nobbs, and clearly they think that Hulk and Nobbs are a couple, and Nobbs think is like, oh, it's because of the bag, and he decides to completely dump it. And the guys actually were also checking out about Hulk and Nobbs when they walked away, so it's like, uh, yeah, it's because of the bag. The bag really gives off that vibe, dude. Well, get back from the break, and Hulk is leaving Nobbs in charge of watching the dog because Hulk's got some business meetings to take care of. But the dog is just not listening to Nobbs. He's getting into his food and growling at him and everything. And Brooke is telling him over the phone, like, stop being such an obnoxious, obnoxious person. Maybe the dog will calm down. And it's just like, that's not going to work. That's how Nobbs is. So Nobbs has to finally go to sleep. 
focusing in Brooke's room, but Nobbs has to sleep in Glenn's room, and Nobbs is not happy because of all the pictures of men there all over the walls. And because of that, later on, Hope Nobbs can't even sleep. He's like, oh, I can't sleep in there. Too many dudes. And all that stuff. So the trio goes to Key West. They're having their trip, and they actually hang out at a bar, and Ashley walks off with the guy to go karaokeing. But she doesn't come back until like 6 that following morning. So we're in the same outfit because they went to bars until 6 in the morning, had breakfast, and then she comes back to whatever hotel place that Brooke and Glenn are staying at. So they thought she hooked up. It's like, no, she didn't hook up. Shut up. Well, Nobbs is then trying to look for the dog. It's like, where's this dog at? Nobbs goes to Glenn's room and finds that the dog has been shitting all over the floor and making a mess of his bag of stuff. And <laughs> just tearing stuff up biting it, shitting everything, and Hulk, it, Hulk is like, he's probably getting that from all the food you eat, too. But Nobbs is just pissed off and everything, and right as Nobbs is trying to get the dog out of there, the phone rings, because the original owner of the dog calls up saying, hey, you found my dog, and it turns out the dog's name is not Nemo, it's Lucas, and Nobbs is just so relieved to see that dog go while he's giving it a bath, like, oh, finally, you can get out of here, you little shit. So the dog's finally picked up, they leave, just after Brooke and Glenn and Ashley arrive, and, of course, the episode ends because freaking Nobbs, he's hell happy the dog's gone. He starts dancing in front of the door. He's like, yeah, the dog's gone. Fuck yeah. Nobbs, you're clearly not an animal person. Now, the ninth and final episode I was able to get hands on, my hands on is an episode called Brooke Goes Green. So, Ashley is getting into this whole annoying going green lifestyle. I call it annoying because I've heard it so many times. It's like, I don't want to keep hearing about go green, save the planet, and all that stuff. Because then I start to think about that whole bit from George Carlin from back 30 years ago. But she suggests that maybe they all need to change their lifestyles to benefit the planet. They think, okay, it could be a good idea, kind of make some changes and stuff like that. So Glenn and Brooke are going shopping. They go to the store and they're feeling iffy about some of the products because some things are like recycled material, like something made out of elephant dung or some shit like that. But they get some products and Brooke's toilet gets replaced by what looks like a toilet with kind of like a mini sink where the tank is supposed to be. So like less water's trying to be recycled and refilled into the toilet. So conserving water and all that stuff. And Ashley also starts making changes to Brooke's bathroom because she changes the shower head, which has like less water pressure, and a timer saying, oh, you need to limit your showers and all that. So Brooke ain't on board about that yet. Well, Ashley is then also getting on Brooke's case for her use of energy because Brooke is sitting in her bed, TV on, she's got her headphones in, with her MacBook Pro on her lap, listening to music and lights are on, and Ashley's just trying to like, hey, we gotta conserve energy and all that. So Ashley's just starting to become more annoying. Even when Hulk comes over, he reveals that Jennifer's been kind of getting him a little bit into that going green lifestyle, and his contribution is bringing his own bag when he goes grocery shopping, instead of having to choose between paper and plastic. And I know how that goes. My grandmother used to do that as well back in the day. Well... Brooke then decides to also try to be eco-friendly, I guess. She buys a small little Escalade, which has no doors and no top to it, and they're trying to drive through town, and it's going slow, and suddenly the Escalade just stops abruptly in traffic. Everybody's honking at him. Hulk is like, oh, I gotta stay here in the driver's seat. My back hurts, so Brooke's gotta push that Escalade off the road. And, like, ugh, I wonder whatever happened to it. Well, later on, Brooke is trying to do laundry, She's got a piece of clothing that's got to get dried for a meeting, and Bro Ashley completely turned off the dryer. It's like, you don't need to use a dryer for one piece of clothing. But Brooke's like, I don't have any other batches of clothing to put in here with it. And I got a meeting, so this has got to get dried. So Ashley is really getting annoying and all that shit. And it's just like, 
even Brooke com completely complains to Glenn that it's like Ashley's just being a pain in the ass, micromanaging everything she does. Like with having to turn the air conditioning off during peak hours to the point where everything is just hot as hot as a motherfucker and limiting her shower time. They even have a party going on in the penthouse with people who've got that going green lifestyle. It's, it's like Ashley's acting like, oh, everything's cool. Like my friends are uneasy about this, but they'll warm up. But Brooke is just like, no, I'm not warming up to this bitch. Well, then things really hit a boiling point because after the commercial break... Brooke is busy taking a shower, and Ashley's banging on the door. It's like, you've been taking a 30-minute shower. Get out of there. And Brooke's just like, I'm going to take a shower until I'm done. Well, Brooke, or Ashley, then gets on the phone and is calling like, one of their downstairs managers. Like, hey, where's the water pump to turn off the water? So then they show Ashley going to that water valve and turning off the water while Brooke is still showering with shampoo in her hair. And Brooke is just like, bitch! Gets out of the bathroom and is just howling at Ashley. It's just like, this is bullshit tired of like all of her every single thing she does being critiqued and everything like that and saying that like just me alone doing things is not going to be a complete global detriment like just you taking a long shower or anything like that but ashley's trying to say like oh but if everybody is doing it just like you it'll like kill the planet but it's like not everybody's living the same lifestyle if if brooke needs to take a shower for a certain amount of time let her like my god and it's getting to the point where they don't even want to talk to each other. Brooke isn't even on board with Glenn's idea of them hanging out on the beach. Because, like, she's even... Brooke is even rubbing in her face that she's not living the same lifestyle. Because she's just drinking, like, a Dasani general water bottle. And both Glenn and Ashley are drinking their reusable, like, aluminum water bottles. <laughs> like, Brooke's just not giving a fuck. Well, you can finally get to the end of the episode. And because of the tension... The girls are not talking, but Glenn sets them up to talk over dinner, and they apologize, and they agree, hey, let's kind of mesh lifestyles. Let's not go completely going green, because I, we can't adapt to this completely big change in our lifestyles of limiting everything we do. And Ashley's like, okay, we can do that, kind of ease up a little bit, because Brooke was trying to compare this to either living like a caveman or the Amish, but it's like, it's not living like that. Yeah, you're scaling back, but it's not completely living those lifestyles, but... You gotta understand, they can't make drastic changes to their lives and be happy about it. Complete bullshit. So, unfortunately, this is the end of the season for me because there was one final episode of this season before the series got canceled. It was called Hoax Surgery. But unfortunately, no matter where I look on the internet, folks, I can't find the final episode, no matter where I check. I checked iTunes. They don't have any episodes there of Brooke Knows Best at all. I checked Amazon Prime, and it was saying that they had both seasons of the show... But then they're saying, oh, this show can't be played in your country, and there's no guarantee that it could probably be played if I got a VPN or something and tried to be in a different country. So, unfortunately, I don't have the last episode. I did watch when it aired at the time. The only things I remember from this episode were Brooke was trying to do a concert, and Hulk suddenly had to be rushed for surgery because, like, his back. And then she's about to do a performance, and Hulk suddenly waddles in on a crutch, and Brooke just can't believe her dad's there. She's like, are you kidding me? And the only other thing I remember from that episode was that Brooke confiding with a friend saying that Hulk can stand for, like, 10 minutes, like, following the surgery, but then he has to sit, like, right back down because of his legs. Well, then you fast-forward all this time later, and you hear reports about Hulk's having mobility issues with his legs because of another back surgery. It's just, like, it's a repeat thing with Hulk. Hopefully, hopefully Hulk's going to be okay. Hopefully he doesn't keep trying to spread those rumors that he wants to get back in the ring and everything because he can't. With all those back surgeries, he just can't do it. So anyway, this entire season, it was just honestly annoying. Because again, how many times do they just keep bringing up the subject of the divorce? 
like the purpose that we you would have thought from the beginning of the first season was that it's going to be about Brooke and her independence, moving away from her family and just being on her own, being an adult. But they just kept bringing up so many times throughout almost every episode saying the divorce, the divorce, the divorce, the divorce. It's just like we get it. The family's broken up. You don't need to keep making it like a focal subject point that you see every time like any two members of the Hogan family are together. Or anybody just trying to have a conversation with Brooke. How's the divorce? How's the divorce? Ugh. And plus, even like I was trying to say before, you look at Hogan Knows Best, there was a lot of focus on Brooke's music to try to promote her. But here during Brooke Knows Best, there was barely any focus on the fact that Brooke is a musician. Yeah, maybe a couple points where it was just about music, like something about her dancing around, like after not going to college. Yeah, the whole thing with this Colby guy in like a bit of a musical performance when she went to prom with that dude just being on a piano. There was barely any mention that Brooke is a musician throughout this entire series. So it's complete opposite of what you saw from Hogan Knows Best. Like, yeah, the music stuff sucked, like for those based episodes in Hogan Knows Best, but at least there was a purpose for everything. But with here, Brooke Knows Best. It was either she's barely talked about for her music, or let's just keep bringing up the fact that her family's torn apart. Yeah, that's real interesting and not get does not get annoying. So overall, with Brook knows best. I again, it had been a while since I'd seen this show, and I was just not impressed by what I saw. Because some of the, like I said, with some of the episodes within these two seasons, it just felt like rehashings of stuff you saw from subject matters from episodes of Who Knows Best. Like, rehashings don't exactly make everything interesting. I mean, if you, even if you try a couple of little tweaks here and there for just trying to make things seem, quote-unquote, original. So anyway, that's going to cover it, folks. I'm so glad I'm finally done with this. I don't have to rewatch the show again. I found Hogan Knows Best to be far more bearable than Brooke Knows Best by a long shot. But anyway, let me know what you all thought in the comment section below. If you enjoyed today's episode, please remember, leave a like, subscribe with the bell turned on if you're watching this on YouTube, or follow if you're listening to this episode on any other service that this podcast is available on, and I will catch you all in the next episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out. Good day, everybody. Oh, my head hurts.